0: I'm talking about, with each of my guests, real life American culture. This is not some bloated, overproduced mass media conglomerate. Um, this, is, this isn't even polished. Uh, this is raw. Welcome to Deep Americano. Uh, today I'll be interviewing uh, James Curcio, a super um uh visual artist writer look i think you make music as well right yeah producer i mean i haven't been playing instruments lately but, right uh, i used
1: to produce a lot yeah yeah
0: yeah you yeah man uh and and what what did you just put out a book about masks what what is that called? um masks
1: of artists it's a book that starts kind of with bowie and his involvement in you know his work his persona really? as bowie, um becoming a part of his work and then looking at other artists and kind of the process of being an artist and how kind of f- how fucking weird it is that people wind up knowing you through your work and you know how it can kind of twist your own sort of psyche, especially to get famous. Right. Um, no. A character like Bowie was a great person to kind of focus on that, because he went into the hot house of uh, of fame and almost didn't make it out. <laughs> All
0: right. So that's the book uh, book you have out now, right? It's around January. Yeah. Uh, okay. Excellent. What's your history? Where do you come from? What are you about? Uh, um. Well, okay. I mean. I'm I guess the story kind of starts when I was, you know, a teenager, which is probably a lot of people.
1: I mean, I was seeing you know, that drawing when I was a kid, but yeah. I was an artist. Um, but I think it really sealed for me, actually, when um, my grandfather um, kind of gave me the, like, what are you going to do when you grow up sort of speech. and right. I didn't realize at the time but he'd been kind of... Um, kind of grooming me for, you know, because I was just only male heir and that sort of thing. Right. didn't mean anything to me, but it apparently meant something to him. Right. So I told him I was going to be an artist, but it was kind of almost a lark. I mean, at that point, like, it was more like I was 16, I didn't really know what else I was going to do, and I liked that, so I was like, I'll be an artist. Right. And he, he he lost it. He, like, he disowned me. He, like, oh, wow. He yelled at me for half an hour, wrote right. me out of the bills, everything. Wow. And, uh, wow. So, and, um, it actually, I'm mean, actually, I tell a story at the end of Masks because it ties into that book, but, um, okay. kind of whole story here, but basically, you know, it, I think in a way it almost, it wasn't making me fixate on it more. Right. <laughs> yeah, just
0: kind of a, a well, right, funny. well, yeah. that's, anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 if you tell the kid not to do something, <laughs> God damn it, they're out there doing it, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So, I mean, I think it kind of started there. Um, in tandem with my interest in philosophy and mythology, which had already started at that point. Um, in high school, I was, you know, one of those weirdos who was reading like Nietzsche and, you know, Star and whatnot underneath the, the desk at school. Um, and so I kind of ping-ponged back and forth and I've really done that my entire, I guess, career, if you want to call it that, between the sort of anal- analytical mode or more analytical mode where I'm, Kind of t- looking at it from a top down perspective in terms of society, in terms of myself just being you know, another person in the world. And then the fiction work and the artistic work, which is more kind of immersing. I guess in myself, but also, you know, kind of in, in, in that sort of fantasy, um, yeah. you know, so I, I kind of always go back and forth and it's funny cause it hasn't been conscious, but like look, looking at my publication history and whatnot, it's like, you know, I'll put out a nonfiction book, a couple of years later, a fiction book comes out, they're both on the same theme. Then a nonfiction book comes so out a couple years after that. And
0: can I, like, can I ask back, you, you know, do you feel yeah. like you're telling the future? or do you feel like uh, the future is telling you i mean you do know, you know what i mean I think it's
1: it's more that like a certain idea gets really gets into me gets a hold of me right and then right. i'm kind of looking at it from both sides i'm looking at it from the analytical what is this thing what does it mean and then i'm right. also trying to understand it by not looking at it that way and actually just getting lost in it right is kind of with the fictional and visual art process is formed with me it's very much about trying to open yourself up and get carried
0: away more than... It, it, should, know, it should be. It should be just like, what What did Grant Morrison say? Take a bunch of drugs and go walk around and feel the spirit of the city? Probably not that, but the same yeah. thing. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah totally. You know, the
1: trick is always... Uh know kind of training yourself so that when you when you do go wild in that way that it's, it's still going in a certain direction you know it's why you practice scales for hundreds of hours right. you're playing not thinking like, you know, okay i'm playing a phrygian right
0: now you know you're, hopefully your fingers are just doing it you know at it, some point yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm having problems with that today my fingers aren't just doing it <laughs> yeah so that's a funny thing, too. You feel like your body betrays you when
1: you're painting drawing, or drawing or playing music or whatever. And something, you know, Some days it's just your brain's not connecting in that way the same way that it normally does and you can't really say why. Right. Other days you'll sit down and just suddenly there's a drawing, there's a picture there but right. you don't even know how it got there. You know? right.
0: I, I find I that, I that, we, that we fixate on, on different things that we might be able to take or what have you to get back to that place to do those things at times. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah so i know i was telling history and i kind of went off on a tangent that's all right. right but um yeah so yeah, let's see okay after my grandfather and then i went to college and studied philosophy there, got really interested in mythology. Um, I always have a hard time talking, it's easy to say, well, check out Joseph Campbell or something like that. Right. was one of the people who first got me into mythology, but it's, um, it's not like I'm like, oh, I'm fascinated by, you know, like just the Greeks or just this one kind of idea of what, you know, mythology is, it's more this idea of myth being any story that's collective. Right. you know it's a collective story that takes on a life of its own because it's collective um you know we all kind of take our own ownership of it when we change it tinker with it
0: whatever um at least in my thinking kind of it's you know it's all that way um you know in human culture so, we all don't create we don't really create things originally we pick up on things. no we we rearrange ideas originally that's about it
1: yeah exactly you,
0: Just, know? you know kind of a
1: so, with the concept of
0: copyright but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> right. Right. Unless, yeah. Um, so let, let me ask you this then. Um, okay. <laughs> We've landed on a plateau there. What role do you feel creativity can play in healing? Uh, not just physical, but, uh, in emotional trauma, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely a process. Um, it's not a palliative. It's not like, um, I mean, I definitely have, you know, experience both with trauma and mental illness, and it's right. not, um, it's something that can, I mean, it helps you, it can help you process things, absolutely, I mean, it's therapeutic, and you know. my mom's actually, she was an artist, but now she's an art therapist, as a profession, okay. has been for quite a, quite a while, oh, yeah, so we've had a lot of conversations about that, um, she's worked with prisoners, and, um, actually, uh, in one program, the sex offenders, um,
0: that's alright, you know, I mean, that's great, yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, no, that's...
1: Can, can be useful that way, but it's not something where it's like, you know, I mean, people kind of frame it as like, oh, you don't have to, you know, do anything, just, just meditate or just draw. No,
0: it's not no, it's a, it's a process, right? Yeah. You yeah. know? It's a, it's
1: a way for kind of engaging with your own psyche and to find out what you're on about because you don't necessarily know it yourself. Right. Um, I mean, right. Can,
0: it, it's, it's how to it. create your own story, you know? Right. And then... At the end of the day, I think that feels amazing. Or, I mean, one of the things that's fascinating about it, and I get into this in masks a bit, is
1: yeah. how interesting it is that we can create someone who isn't us, who right. ad- you know, who actively isn't us. Right. Mask.
0: Well, it's projections, different. avatars.
1: But that's Ava- a- something about yourself from that fictional character that you create. I think that's a big.
0: Kind of learning thing. It's not like you know. Oh, I'm going to
1: write a story about myself. Right. Now I've
0: learned something because of those stories. No, myself. right. Nobody goes into it thinking that, right. But it's essentially, sure that's it what it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. That, that's I, when I was in uh, college. I was. I made some paintings. You know, had to deal with ideas, addiction, and things of those that nature. and I went back and looked at that, right. And I was like, holy shit, I was telling everybody what I was addicted to at that point in my life, right? Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. it can, it can be revealing in ways that we don't necessarily intend to. Oh, boy, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, I, the, the thing is, I mean, I've been playing with a lot. I mean,
1: I've been playing role-playing games since I was uh, a teen, or actually, since I was yes. 13. That's another middle school. Um, and there's periods in my life where it's been more important and periods of my life where I've grown away with it. I've been getting more into it lately, and that's, that's another... Another avenue for exploring, um, you know, the same kind of idea, because, you know, you create a character in an RPG, you know, it can be very different from who you are, but, um, right. you know, you play them for long enough, and you say, well, why am I drawn to these characters, or, you know, whatever. Of course, you get analyzing it too much, you can
0: be a little awkward in a be group. Right, right. <laughs> but but, but does, do, you, do you feel like that, that comes into play, too, that you kind of you yeah. feed off of each other's energy as well within that?
1: Yeah. yeah okay.
0: You, you know, and that, that right. could be very, very healing, I, right? I actually
1: think that's why I've been getting, and you mentioned, I think that's part of why I've been getting into that, because my creative process um, used to be, I used to have access to a lot more other artists, musicians, right, you know, filmmakers, right. whatever. Right. Um, I co-ran a couple studios and, and whatnot, so kind of always had that bed of people to work with, um, you know, and so it's always sort of, even though it was a solitary endeavor, it was also a collective one. Why? Right. It become, it's become more and more solitary lately, just through circumstances getting older, people dying, people giving away. Um, people give up. Right, people giving up. Um, and, you know, so playing RPGs has kind of been a way to sort of sandbox with other people again and right. try to connect with other people through that creative way because so, otherwise a lot of times you get a group of people together and you go, know, at least personally and I'm um, just socially awkward I do but like right. you people together in a room if you don't have a thing to do together it's kind of like you just kind of
0: throw right um, if, if everybody has nothing to do and you turn the fucking TV on even if it's just static people will stare at it if they're like you <laughs> you right 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 yeah. I, no yeah I get yeah. you yeah so it's been, it's been, pretty great.
1: But anyway, and I think that's a form of art too. I mean, how what, what
0: writers do when they're writing? Oh, dude, going is. in the kitchen right now and cooking a meal is an art, you know? That, that's, yeah. I, oh man, sorry, <laughs> sorry to catch you up. No, that's fine, you're right. <laughs> that, that's something, wow, let's take on a different light here so that, that's something to me that, that i feel is like super relevant to to our reality like the greek and roman times did what you know the the arts were a science at that point right and yeah i, I feel like we've lost that we've definitely lost i mean we've lost. true
1: again in, in the middle ages or at least renaissance but you know with a sense of um artists kind of living together and, and learning from a master and there being, I mean, which was hierarchical elements of that as well, but, right. um, we I don't have that sort of arts culture.
0: No. no. <laughs> Not at all, man. So, how did you become disabled? Okay, um, I guess, I mean, about 10, 10, or 12 years ago, um, I mean, the first
1: kind of, I mean, it really started before that. I've always kind of struggled with, with health problems. Right. Um, you know, I, I... Turns, turns out that some of it was probably from having celiac and not having it diagnosed. So I was eating wheat all the time and oh, wow. you know, not, not absorbing nutrients properly. And you know that was true most of my life. Right. Um, so I found out about it. But that wasn't the only thing. That was the first thing I thought about. I had a cup wheat out of my diet. I'm like, okay, I'm going to feel better now. And some things did improve, but... Plenty so of other things didn't, and then my back started becoming a problem, um, and that, uh, I got degenerative disc disease, which is pretty common. I just got it early.
0: Is it um, degenerative yeah. disc disease? That's the name yeah. of it? Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, from your lower back, or at least in my case, my lower back. Um my, my dad also had the same problem, and my mom mm. had to have back surgery, so it could be genetic. Who knows? Right. Um, you know, so that was a thing, I got fibromyalgia, which means I start getting kind of pain, pain all over my body. Right. Um, diffuse.
0: Yes, not many people know how to deal with. <laughs> and it's really been, I mean, it's what it is, it's a number of different chronic conditions that
1: I have, which, any one of which is kind of debilitating, but would be livable. But you put them
0: all together, and it's its hard to juggle, you know. Right
1: to kind of deal with that, but um, I've gotten better at it.
0: Was, well, how, how do you, you deal with it, man? How, how do you get through it? <laughs> like you, I, um, How did sorry. you, can, can I ask you, how did you used to get through it? Right,
1: yeah, I mean, originally the way I got through it was, well, I, was I didn't have health insurance, right. you know, the only option I had really was, was painkillers, and at that right. point they were actually available, so right. that, you know, that was the solution, and I mean, of course it wasn't the solution, but it, it helped me get through the day. It was a band-aid, um, but yeah. But worse, I'm very good at producing artwork producing and you know, producing my work on you know considerable amount of painkillers some people like take one of those things and they're just can't do anything you know well, Oh yeah. it, you know okay. um,
0: yeah that, that's yeah 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 so <laughs> so you, you could go go on the grind on paint on painkillers right right yeah okay. exactly kind of tune it out and work and then you know take another one when it starts wearing off, oh, right right um
1: yeah so Obviously, you know, that that didn't fix the problem. Um, And eventually my circumstances changed quite a while later. Um, So I started to have access to things like physical therapy. Um, What did that um, do? um, I mean, I went to two physical therapy places that were not really great. And they actually, for a little while, I just thought this was not going to help. And I I didn't bother trying for a little while because both those places actually made it worse, especially my back, because they were pushing me too fast. Right. And I finally I found like so, found one guy uh, at a place who was really helpful because um, he had a kind of kind of almost counterintuitive approach with a lot of things, or at least compared to the other physical therapists, where it was like, you know, like for instance, if your back is in spasm, don't don't exercise it, lie down. <laughs> you know, and everyone was like, try to push through it. And like, no, right. don't, don't do that. Um, but he helped me kind of reframe a lot of things um, and. I've heard that
0: in two years at, at the gym every single day, just a little bit, you know, which is another thing with the fibromyalgia. I need to so, exercise. So hold on, hold on. So you're working out throughout this, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. It's not, you yeah.
1: know, like a, uh, I
0: work my way up. Right. You know, well, obviously, you're so, probably like rubber band man going in there to work out, but it's like, obviously, you you know, how does, does that help with the pain? Um... Yeah, I mean, some parts of it, you know. Um,
1: now, during that whole time when I was doing all that, I was still on some amount of payment. meds. I did right, with right, I was still on right. They helped. Um, and then I lost my insurance not too long ago, six months ago. Because um, I moved, and moving out of state when your insurance is state dependent is a problem. Right, so, right. Uh, so then I went off my meds, and so the last couple of months, I've been kind of pushing through, you know, physical withdrawal and trying to kind of start all over again with my physical practice. So, so,
0: is, just, so is there anything that's helped you get through physical withdrawal? Uh, I mean, having dealt with it multiple times, right. unfortunately.
1: Right. before to help a little bit know what i was in for but right. there's really nothing to it nothing forward aside from just time and you know i mean they say you know exercise helps but in the first couple of weeks to months you don't necessarily you know have the capacity or desire to really exercise all that much you're no
0: it, the, it's real easy <laughs> to become cathartic you know just lay yeah. there i
1: understand yeah. that
0: yeah I mean, if you go back to the, you know, original question, you know, as soon as my fit the physical part of it cleared, um, okay. I've been using, you know, art, um, mostly inking, drawing, painting, that sort of thing to um, to help. And that's kinda of been my been my
1: part of my, you know, therapy I guess you could say. Right. Um, to just do a little bit of that every day. Um and drawing is good for that because I've just not been in a frame of mind for writing lately. Right. And, I mean, could be withdrawal, I do know. But, um, you know, the words just haven't been coming, you know? Which, like, when I'm in a good writing place, it's just like, they just pull around out. It's almost, you know, like, I can't take fast enough, you know? Right. Um, lately, it's just been, just been nothing. Just quiet.
0: Well, maybe, mean, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe, maybe your mind is shifting to another focus so that you yeah. can strengthen yourself somewhere else and then come back to that. Sometimes, yeah, maybe you I mean, know i've been done with it for a little while i mean i think really right. that too
1: I've, I've said i've written like four or five books so like i've said a
0: lot yeah of, man you've like, written lots of stuff i've <laughs> i've been around yeah you, you've you done lots of things so uh what what's your view on on the uh epidemic uh, oh shit! sorry opioid epidemic man how do you feel was, about that i actually wrote a, a kind of long post about this recently okay because,
1: you know I've, I've experienced it pretty you know personally um uh, it, part of the problem is that, um, you know, pain itself is subjective, and, you know, people, a doctor can say, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much you hurt, but there's so many problems with that pain scale, and there's no way for them to verify
0: Right, that. right, and, right, it's if you're convincing in your pain yes. as to what they believe is an answer, which is bullshit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it becomes this sort of this weird game, you know, where they they have to decide if, if your need is, is legitimate, which is, I mean, how do you discern legitimate need from illegitimate need, and what's the difference between someone who's desperate for painkillers because they're in pain and someone who's desperate for painkillers because they're in withdrawal? Which
0: no difference. Is, yeah. No yeah. difference.
1: I mean, I mean, there might be some differences in terms of kind of how you use it,
0: whatever, okay. but uh, in terms of the actual is Ah, yeah. I, I want to point this out. There's, like, um, indigenous people in, like, the Himalayas, right? And I was watching a documentary on this. And when they go in to get dental work done, uh, and it's not like they're cleaning their teeth so they cauterize them, but whenever they're pulling their teeth, they cauterize that shit. They don't give them painkillers, and these people aren't wincing. And it's what they're used to, period. It's what they're used to mentally, and that that's, uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's it's hard to evaluate pain. There's a,
1: there's a cultural component, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, there's also cultural components in, in sort of how how people are evaluated. I mean, there's been research done that show that you know when when black people ask you know are in pain and ask for pain they're much less likely to get it from a white doctor. Right. You
0: know who might not be consciously thinking about that. You know, and be the conscious right.
1: form of racism, racism,
0: but it's still. A factor, well, no, it, it goes, I think it goes back to the book that you, you've got there, and it goes back to different, uh, I, there's mass, and an avatar is a mass, but I feel like it's how we perceive each other, how we perceive everything around us, right? Sure, there's no getting away from it, and that's one of the central
1: premises huh. of the yeah. book, is the idea that... Um you know, there's no, it's not like a simple dichotomy between the mask is your fake face and you have a real face, no. on the face. It's, it's masks all the way down. It's, you know, it can be more or less authentic in a way, but authenticity becomes just a feeling. Writing has actually been really interesting in that way because you leave these, you know, if you want masks behind, I uh, definitely, I mean, Sometimes, won't, especially after I published a book, I won't probably look at it for years afterwards. But eventually, I might come around and look at it. And it, a lot of times, it's the sort of shock of, like, who wrote this? Who is this person that wrote this book? Because it's not who I am now. You know? Right. Of course, it's not. And it still feels partially connected to me. It's not like a completely different person. But the, right, it, right. It can be surprising how much our internal territory can change out from under us without our noticing.
0: Right. No, it, it's. it's It's amazing, those those, those ideas are very amazing, Uh, what was it, self-reflection maybe, (laughs) Yeah. which is something uh, we we should be doing. Reflections and reflections. (laughs) Right, man. Okay, so what's your view on homelessness versus homeless?
1: Homelessness versus homeless? Yeah. I'm not sure. What what do you mean?
0: (laughs) So, homeless people, right, versus somebody that's couch surfing that has no idea where they're going to land, right?
1: Right. Yeah, it's a good question because I've experienced one of those and not the other. Um, You know, there's been quite a few periods in my life. I mean, I guess it's pretty common for artists, anyways, but, you know, where I was quote unquote homeless. But, you know, I wasn't. um, You know, I can. I was a couple times
0: where I've had to sleep in a car or something. Right. but But I've never, ever had to sleep on the street even though you know there's been months or even, I never have used where
1: I didn't have a you know permanent residence um in some ways it kind of facilitated actually you know, one point I lost, I lost my apartment for various reasons, and I said, you know what, this is a great time to take a book tour. You know, right. <laughs> of course, I was in my, my late 20s, and it was easier, but right. I, was, I was technically homeless, but then I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not homeless. I'm an artist on a tour, you know, and it actually had to work.
0: You know you know what, that, that's an amazing outlook, and that's how people should look at that and not freak out, you know? Yeah, I mean, but it,
1: again, it, it definitely helps to be, you know, at that point I wasn't, they have the same number of chronic illness problems right um, you know in your 20s right. you have more kind of
0: established social networks right you know all those things made it a lot easier but in your <laughs> 20s you can also go and talk to somebody you don't fucking know and find something in common that you both like and run with it a lot more than yeah. you can when you're what 40 you know yeah apparently uh, it's been been kind of been a little to me lately where
1: i don't oh forget my age probably partially because i'm still
0: doing the same sort of
1: things i was when i was in my home in a lot of ways you do uh, my work and whatnot but then every right.
0: and i get a reminder that it's 20 years later here. right man yeah. <laughs> i'm there with you like yeah, in a real way i'm like oh boy can you take me in the uh, i mean you, you obviously you go through uh, how many of your discs are degenerated do you know um, I forget, um, off the top of my head, I forget the vertebrae in particular, but there's three discs that are impinged. Um, none mm-hmm. of them are so bad that I need surgery.
1: I've seen a surgeon about it.
0: He's like, not oh, yet, right? Maybe in 20
1: or 10 years, or something. But no, sure. Um, you know, so well, it's a good and bad thing. You know, one hand, it's obviously good not need surgery, but on the other hand, it's um, a lot of people I know who had the problem I have. Surgery has been really, at least when it works, has been really effective, at least for a period really? of time. Um, yeah. I would say in general, like, Western medicine, you know, as a kind of blanket term, has gotten pretty good at, at surgery. You know, at, at, there's one particular problem we're going to go in, we're going to fix it. You know, of course, there's obviously mistakes and things that happen, but, like, right, you know, right, right. Like chronic illness is more of a thing where they kind of throw their hands up and say, uh, I don't know, try
0: to eat more celery, I don't know. So, <laughs> <You> know. <laughs> That's it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Deep Americana. Share with others. Tell your family. Keep talking to each other out there. Peace, love, and Guns N' Roses.